freaking auto! This, this is Brock and Salk. Brock Ewart is my hero. Jay Buter just punched me in the kidney. Powered through the Alaska Airlines studio. On Seattle Sports. Oh, what want to do, you are a man of... It doesn't really work that way, Sherm. This is a show that has my name on it. It kind of does, though. Brought to you by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. Now, here are your hosts, Brock Ewart and Mike Salk. Hello! Oh, that's some really nice text that came in on the Dave Hackstall interview. Seems like you guys like that. People calling for a weekly interview of Hackstall. More hockey players. Please, like some other stuff in here. Interesting hearing his strategy on Matty Benier, saying he didn't want him to try to do everything right off the bat, wanted to keep the pressure off. Yeah, I mean, he was 19 years old, so uh, probably not a huge surprise. But yeah, a lot of good stuff, and uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. If you missed the interview, go back, find it at seattlesports.com or wherever you get your podcast. We'll switch back here. Oh, yes, Brian. Yeah, one I'm sorry. more. Yes, I'm I, should sorry. Have, one I should have added. Yeah, one, one, one thing. Hey, don't, don't worry about it. One little thing. One Did little. I tell you about my fishing trip, by the way? You have mentioned uh, it, yes. Great salmon last night totally crushed that Good. that's not my one little thing i should have mentioned and need to know that i, I they're going to open the season right three openers and they're going to yeah. be closing it out against the vegas knights to me that's pretty cool that, that's a testament to what they built kind of all your questions there to dave of year one to year two and intrigue and factor and yeah an intrigue factor and kind of where you sit in this league like yep Open tonight, you guys are going to close it out against the defending champs, which yeah. is uh, a good testament to what they did a year well, ago. Well, talking about last night, there's no testament. <laughs> there's no nothing. The only testament would be the Old Testament because it was vengeful. That's how I it felt at the moment, man. So I, I, I felt vengeful last pain. night. You that felt stunk. vengeful. I really did. I was super mad last night. That was just a terrible, terrible way to lose a baseball game, and it was all their own fault. I think that's what was so frustrating. There are times you lose a game and you tip your cap and you're like, well, yeah. the other team does have good players and they came up with a big hit and a big moment or yep. they made a good pitch. None of that happened last night. They just choked away a game. And and when they were given opportunities to win it, they failed spectacularly. Yeah, and we're, and we're talking about the 10th. I mean, the 10th is 3, 4, and 5. 10th is whom you're counting on in the ninth. I mean, Eugenio puts you in position, a big mm-hmm. double there. They misplay the ball, and you're sitting there at second with one out. and Nothing. Uh, yep. Stillen and Colton. Okay, well, okay, let's turn it over. We'll get to the 10th. Hopefully, we're going to turn this four and seven, you know, in one in, in extra inning games. Turn it around because you're going to get three, four, and five up. You do an amazing job in the top of the 10th. They don't even advance the runner. So once again, like, okay, here we go. And they walk JP and then they walk Julio and the bases are loaded and just pain. So you asked Passon yesterday, you asked Shannon this morning, and you you brought up that line that, that Scott said after after the, the, the win uh, earlier this week about the team <clears throat> being selfless and playing selfless. And then you turned to both of them, to Passon and Shannon, two people you trust, and said, okay, if the skip's talking about selfless, is that implying something? Or selfless, is that implying something? And both of them had the same answer. And that is, yeah, that's implying selfishness has been an issue. So then I turn it to the 10th inning. Bases loaded, three, four, and five up. Were those about selfish? I didn't think so. I didn't think so in that moment. I don't, I don't think that's what they're talking about. I, I could be wrong, um, but I didn't think so. In that spot, I mean, a walk wins the game. I didn't get the sense that I, I, I felt like they were unprepared, maybe, right? That they were un, that they were undisciplined. But I don't know that, and I know you've used that word quite a bit, discipline. And I, I think those at bats were very undisciplined. Yep. 
especially coming off of Julio's at bat, which was disciplined. Mm-hmm. Probably the best at bat Julio's had in a month, honestly. Mm-hmm. Right? Comes up in that spot. Certainly in a clutch spit, moment. Yeah. Spits on every bad pitch. And it's like, yep. nope, nope, mm-hmm. nope. And then gets the kind of weird call to take first base. I felt like they were really undisciplined. The the selfishness to me comes in trying to be a hero, right? And trying to do it all yourself. And I do think there are times you get down to, you know, two outs late in the game and people are like, well, I'm just going to start swinging for the fences. I saw some of that earlier where I was like, I I don't like that a bat. I I can't remember who it was, but I saw that earlier in the game in the 10th. No, I didn't. I didn't come up with selfish. I wish I did, because then it would be easy to point to it. Right. But I don't. I don't More think I Justin. saw that. More and Justin, are those selfish abats in the tenth, or just a lack of execution? Yeah, it's a, it's a tough word because, like Shannon and Passon both pointed out, I don't think there's that intention behind it. But I, mm-hmm. I think when you keep straying this far from what the team philosophy is, what you know you should be doing in that situation, like there is an element of selfishness to like Salk said thinking that you can be the hero and you can do something different than what you're supposed to do (laughs) i i took it as more desperation like just grasping for that's not a desperate situation i know but that's what that's what it looked like like looking for (laughs) someone to pull you out like they expected the guy ahead of them to do it and then they came up and kind of panicked (laughs) <laughs> like it was that it, that's it did look you done disciplined I don't know, man. I, I, I like not I, selfish though yeah i don't i don't like that i don't see selfish at all i just see well i like scott's word play it play the cut of scott when he when he actually tries to and he knows infinitely more than any of us about the wiring of all these guys in those moments he doesn't turn to selfish in that moment. We got a little anxious. There's no question. Um, you know, with, and Julio took the walk. We had a good at bat. Then they had the, you know, the uh, automatic ball four, whatever happened there. So you got the bases loaded. And, um, you know, there were some pitches to hit. But overall, the guys, uh, you know, got a little anxious. You get anxious and you want to make it happen so bad. Um, you foul pitches off that you should put in play or you swing at some pitches you shouldn't swing at. And um, ultimately, in those moments, you know, you got to take a deep breath, relax, let the game come to you. Um, and, and we have failed to do that. Yeah, I felt a lot of anxiety when I played professionally, especially my last year in college. I had a lot. There was a lot of anxiousness. What does that mean to you? For, for me, how does it manifest? How did yeah, you for notice me, it? For me, it manifested in not being able to shut out the noise and the negative and the voices and just like, don't throw a pick. You know, don't make a mistake. Do the right thing here. You know, and, and truly, like if you had a measurement of my heart rate in some of those moments, you would see that it's up because you're just allowing that noise to and those voices to impact you. Did you and, have any help with that? No. Not really. Uh, understandable, right? Yes. And, and 25 years ago, that sports conversation psychology. didn't really exist. Did I tell you I met – so Peyton had a sports psychologist. He was one of the early ones in Indianapolis. Yeah. This was 2001. They had a sports psychologist. And I was like, you know what? Let me – I'm going to reach out to this guy. Peyton's used them. I mean, in, and I got in that meeting. I'm like, I don't know if I can share everything I want to share. Right. Like this guy is hired by the team, and is he going to share? Uh, I think that's a very real fear. It was a very real fear for me. But so, but at the time, I mean, first of all, no one was talking about mental health the way they are now. But even just the anxiety and recognizing all of the pervasive ways in which it, it affects people, I don't think anybody was really talking about that in sports. But now, when Scott says anxious, man, they got, they got sports psychologists up the wazoo on this team. And what's difficult they, is people would say to you, why would you have had that your last year 
college. He played two other years. He played in big moments. He made big throws. You you had good wins. Like you had, you could bank on some previous experience, couldn't you? And that's what I said to you the other day about Julio, man. Like every year is a new year. Mm-hmm. I didn't have Olin Krutz. And as it turns out, you know what? When Olin looked at me and would spit fire at me, like, yep, you know what that did? That shut down a lot of those voices. Shut down a lot of those voices. And for Ty and for Teo, they've had big moments. They've hit big home runs. They've played playoff games, right? They've been in those situations. You would think you can bank on that, that anxiety would be the last thing that those veteran players would feel. And heck, I think Kyle was the one that, that ended the drought, I believe. I believe he had a pretty significant home run <laughs> in extra innings when they really needed him to get over a 20-year drought through the desert. And you would say, why in the world are you anxious? Look what you did last October. But each year is a new year. And then when these troubles mount and you're throwing off your back foot and you're losing games and you're underperforming and you're not meeting expectation and you go from the first pick in the draft to the third round of the draft and you go from a Heisman conversation to a dud, then guess what happens, man? More and more of that starts to mount on you. And it's a pretty, pretty dig big pile to try to dig out. Yeah, but it's a pretty dismal spot to be in, and you can hear it. You can hear it in Cal Raleigh's voice. I'll play you that here coming up. In part of Need to Know, I don't like how I hear it, right? I don't like the sound in his voice. I'm glad someone's saying it, but geez, I sure don't like to hear it. It's coming up next. Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710. SeattleSports.com. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Of all my synonyms, Brock, for what a disgusting game that was last night, what was your favorite? Exorable? Yeah, Shameful? Probably the team that looked like it was a slave. Odious? I don't know. All of them fit, man. That's about as bad a loss as you're going to see. Scott called it a bad loss, and he's right. Said he should have won that game, and he's right. Cal Raleigh, though, going a little bit bigger. I don't think it's a lot of effort. Um, Just look at us, and, you know, we're not a good baseball team right now. Straight up, I think. You know, it's nice and all, you know, all the kind of good vibes and whatever, but, you know, we're we're not playing well right now. We know it, and we got to pick it up, so... It's all fine, the good vibes and whatever, but we're not playing good ball right now, and we know it. It wasn't. It wasn't just the hitting thing. It was, it was everything. But you know, it's it's kind of like you know, it's what it's been all year. You know, we get into these those key moments, we get a guy on the ropes, and then you know, we, we let him off with you know one pitch, and then he kind of gets rolling. Next guy gets strike out, and then you know, the check swing obviously wasn't great, but um, you know, we're just we're just not playing together good at bats right now. We got change. So, so is he just talking about the tenth there? One bad, you know, one missed opportunity from Ty France gets him back in, a strikeout from Teo, and then his check swing wasn't great. Well, I got to tell you, it was worse than not great. Yeah. It was a 2-0 count for a guy who couldn't find the plate, and he swung at it for no reason. Yeah. It was worse than not great. It was odious. It was all those words I just threw out there. A terrible loss. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you just about nailed it. I don't, I don't know what else to say. I mean, the four and eight in extra inning games is just hard. It's hard optics, right? It's 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 just difficult to absorb, and it's made that much harder and that much more confounding for everybody in that building because that is not whom they've been. So, did that bother you more than the Yankees' losses last week when they were just dead from you know the minute the game started? 
I mean, those two Yankees losses were atrocious. Well, they didn't Cole, do anything. Garrett Cole had a lot to do yeah, with Yeah, and the next guy those. stunk. Yes, And he the did. Mariners did even less against him than they did against Garrett Cole. Yes, he did. Yeah, I, I think these sting because this is the essence of who you are, the essence of what you want to be. That whole thing that Dave Axel was talking about with the system that guys enjoy playing and the whole conversation we had about a QB-friendly system. Like, your, your systems and your operation, your standard operating procedure – is to be the best in these moments. And you've done it. And that's why Cal's frustrated. He knows. He knows because he did it last year. Much of the same young core did it last year. And they're just not getting it done. And at some point, the worm's got to turn or this worm's going to be sold. Here's the second thing you need to know. Well, we have a little updates as well. Uh, Trevor Gott returned to the roster yesterday. He's been pretty good this year, but not good enough last night. He gave up three runs in the 11th. Chris Flexen removed in order to make room. He was DFA'd yesterday, so it's possible he could be traded more likely that somebody picks him up off waivers, but he probably even more likely than that that he ends up back in AAA Tacoma when all is said and done. They're going to need some pitchers as well. Taylor Dollard's done for the year with labrum surgery. Penn Murphy done for the year with Tommy John. And now all of a sudden, Marco Gonzalez, who we didn't get an update on last week, heard yesterday from uh, from the team that he's experiencing some nerve issues and has been shut down for two weeks. That came courtesy of Justin Hollander. Not good. Yeah, yeah no, and uh, it's scary stuff with the arms and what's going on in baseball right now. I think if you're Major League Baseball and, and you're that league office and you're looking at the situation and you're looking at the number of arms on every team, this isn't a one-team epidemic. This is a league-wide epidemic where arms are breaking down. And, uh, and unfortunately for the Mariners now, that's at the, at the minor league level as well because of the Robbie Ray injury, the season ender, the Tommy John there, because of the Marco injury, because Chris Flexen, unfortunately, has not been the Chris Flexen the previous two years, Salky. That massive, massive supply you're dipping into. And Bryce Miller and Wu are here. Hancock's probably the next one. I guess Tommy Malone is still in Tacoma too, but... You know, if you are wanting to talk about trade and trading from a place of strength and supply, that supply is now being used on the front lines. Here's the third thing you need to know. I don't know if talking to Dave Haxall got you a little more excited about the NHL draft and free agency and trades, but all of that is uh, right around the corner. Draft starts tonight and then continues tomorrow. The Kraken have 10 picks, including three second rounders and the number 20 pick tonight. Uh, they're also being rumored to be in on some very intriguing players and big names. One of three teams linked to uh, star Eric Carlson. He's a defenseman with the Sharks. Just won his third Norris Trophy as the league's best defenseman. So, uh, Coach sure sounded like he wouldn't mind a star or two finding their way onto yeah. this roster, yeah. and uh, and I don't blame him. I think I think I think he said that Matty Beneers could be a best player on a championship team. He might be right, but I think you'd be a lot safer if you found somebody else to join him in that role. Well, the thing that I appreciated and enjoyed is a number one. He answered every question. He didn't dodge it. You know, many times like, oh, I'm not going to tell you who the unsung is, or oh, if I call out, well, no, no, no. Every question you had for him, he had an answer. He did not dodge that you need more star power. Acknowledge they were a team built on incredible depth from a season ago. And I do appreciate what he said about Matty Beneers because when I do watch hockey and I do watch Nate McKinnon in Colorado, right in the top line guys, it's not just their skill set. It's their makeup behind the scenes. It's a Matty Beneers wants to be great. 
and I think has a pretty good understanding of what that takes as well. Yep. That's a, that's a positive when your stars, as Julio, Julio understands what it takes. He has that discipline to be great. And we got a lot of young star power in this city. That's everything you need to know. Uh, we do that quarter past every hour here in the Brock and Salk show. Uh, two other things to know. One, uh, sad news. You saw this yesterday. Ryan oh, Mallet uh, goes and, and, and died yesterday. Uh, in I was what just sounds like a, an apparent a drowning? drowning. Yeah, I was Sheesh. just in. I we went well on a separate fishing trip. We went through Destin. Destin got all these huge sandbars, an uh-huh. enormous, obviously party city, and and I don't want to make any judgments here and speculate in any way. It's nothing but horrific and sad. But yeah, there are sandbars, there are currents, there's some crazy stuff going through there, and that is just mm, awful. Really, really sad awful. news. Uh, other NFL news just coming out a few minutes ago. I saw Adam Schefter tweeting about this. Uh, Demore Smith is going to be out after his term expires in 2024 as the head of the NFL PA, the union, and yes. a guy named Lloyd Howell is going to be uh, his replacement. Do you know that name or who he is? I do not. I don't I, either. I was reading over the weekend. I think Mike Florio was writing about how clandestine, clandestine it's been. Not any transparency. Players mm-hmm. not knowing anything. Even player union reps being kind of left out uh, in and left in the dark as far as the next step after. After this, uh, I'm know. curious what, what what I think Lloyd Howell is going to end up being a very important figure uh, and a name we Wasn't will he get on to Gilligan's know. Gilligan's Island, Howell. I don't know, but I, I'm going to guess we're going to we're going to learn a lot more about him because yep. the next fight will be in the NFL, right? And they had the lockout a couple of years ago. Something tells me another one will be brewing with the gambling money and some of the other stuff that's come in in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what uh, what direction that goes and what kind of a what kind of a leader he is. So, all right, we uh, got ranked coming up here in 20 minutes. Got a few things I want to uh, tick through next. It's Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710 and the Seattle Sports app. This is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in blanks from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Yeah, I don't care for the mustache picture that was created yesterday. Gosh, I'm not into that. Good. You look good with it. And I don't know how I feel about the uh, the other picture that was created. Again, what's your friend's name? Senor Parache? Uh-huh. About uh, 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 our uh, friend. <laughs> well, Let's get the pronoun right. <laughs> well... What, what was that? That was the uh, the. Am I a terrible person? Am I a terrible person? <laughs> hmm. Yeah, Avery was saying last night. My older daughter, Avery, who's very sweet, she was saying that her teacher told her that, uh, or somebody, maybe it's her music teacher, said, "Oh, you know, Avery, it's so great. You're one of those people who's always happy and always wants everyone else around them to be happy." Yep. And she was like, "Isn't that nice? That is how I am." And I was like, "That's such a great quality." And she's like, "Yeah, isn't everyone like that?" And I was like, no, I don't think I'm like that at all. Your grandmother is, my mother. Yeah, she's <laughs> oh, like that. That's yes, a whole different is. thing. Yes, she is. But yeah, uh, but before we get like to that. this Bucky Brooks sound, okay. I got, I've been thinking about this for two hours. Okay. I'm not going to lie. And it's not how good you look with the stash, because you did. No. I mean, I looked like a creeper of creeper, creeperville. You look really good with it. Um, no, you you get a special I you look good oper- in the red one where you look like the devil. It's more. It's nice. Appreciate that. Thank you. That's really, really great. Thank you. I'm so glad you're here today. It was awful when you were gone in Iowa for a few days. It is so nice to be, you know, Uh cut down constantly and insulted. It's thank you. I just want to say thank you. That was a compliment. Was it? She said you look good. I look good as the devil. Yeah, Yeah. that was great. I appreciate that. 
told him you were keeping your weight off. I mean, that was good. nice. You don't want to yeah. say anything like that publicly, though. Are you, you, are, you free to, are you free to share what you're doing this afternoon? Can we talk Playing about golf with Bump? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think so. I'm free to share it. I don't I don't know that there's any secret. I mean, yeah, Bump and I are going to play golf together. Second time we've played together. Okay. And uh, I can't wait. Love it. And the course you're playing has some real decisions. Snoqualmie like, Ridge? Yeah. Like, are you going to be in go for it mode today? No. Are we going for it on the par five, number one? Are we going for it no. on 14? Are no. we going to go just attack today? No. What is your mindset going to be today? Uh, to lay up. Oh, yeah. That's going to be my mindset is to lay why? up. Because I hit driver the other day and I hit pop-ups to third base, Brock. It's not a matter of, a, of mentality. When you physically can't do it, you have to make adjustments or else you're just being stubborn and stupid. We're not talking Mariners yeah, this segment. Brock, Stop it. We're not. Brock, in the bottom of the Brock We're not let, let me put this Mariners. in your terms. All right. Let's say, let's say, for instance, uh-huh. how fast do you think you, you normally threw a football when you were playing? 58 miles or an hour. 58 miles an hour. And how far do you think you could throw a ball? 60 uh, yards? Okay, yeah. 60, 65 yards. Yeah. Let's say for a moment that 72 you... 72 in my prime, but yeah, just 60, for a, 65. Just uh-huh. for a moment. Let's say you could only throw the ball 40 miles an hour. Okay. And could only throw it 35, 40 yards. Like Brad Johnson told my buddy Jeremy Urban. Right, like that's who you were. Listen, it's training camp, and I'm going to throw this go route, and it's going to land and 38 your coach, yards. And your coach came out to you before the game and said, all right, Brock, I want you to be super aggressive today. I want you to chuck the ball down the field. Uh-huh. I want you to hit the go routes. Sure. I want you to be throwing those 50-yard yep. bombs, play action, Let's all go. go. Let's what go. do you say when you can't throw the ball farther than 35 yards? I say, let's ride. No, you don't. You don't say that at all. You say, Coach, I appreciate that, but I can't hit driver, so I'm going to hit four hybrid off the tee because I don't have that club in my bag right now. You're going four hybrid today off the first tee? Yes. Four hybrid? Of course I am. Now, if I can get there early enough, I'll go to the range. If I can make something happen there, we'll see. Okay. Believe me, it's not like I don't want to hit the freaking driver. I can't do it. I can't do it. I don't understand. Do you know how many nights? And you guys want the real truth. This is how sick I am. This Let's sport go. is so stupid. Golf. It is the most addictive, stupid sport in the world. More. Don't ever start playing golf. Whatever you do, just don't. Justin, I know you got your new I've, PXGs. You're psyched. I don't, have that don't even take those PXGs out. <laughs> Nothing good can come of this. The problem with this sport is that it truly is addictive. Addictive, like I spoke last week, right? I spoke, or two weeks ago now, at uh, the home course for their men's club. Love those guys. Love the course. And I was uh, talking to them about golf addiction, mm-hmm. right? And how, you know, I'd gotten addicted to this over the course of the last decade. And I was like, okay, raise your hand. How many people have fallen asleep playing a course in their head? Like 70% of the guys are like, yeah, I've definitely done that. I do that all the time, except recently it's starting to stress me out because I'm like, well, I get to this thing. Am I going to be able to hit driver? What am I going to do? It stresses me out. Now I can't sleep, even though that's usually how I fall asleep. You know, it's called anxiety. I asked the same group of people, Brock. How How many people here have quit another sport because they were worried about getting injured and ruining their golf game? And like half the people are like, yeah, I was like, yeah, I, I, when I was skiing up at Whistler a couple of years ago and I thought I was going to die on that mountain because it was icy. The first thought was like, dude, if I break my leg and end up missing golf season, I'm going to be so mad. 
So I haven't gone skiing since. Because skiing's fun, but it's not as fun as golf. So let's be clear. I'm not going to break my leg going down some stupid mountain in the ice. And it's going to affect me and my ability to go out and play golf. I want to read. Brent from Bellevue says, no one remembers laying up and no one tells a story of laying up. Nope. Yeah, but you know what they also don't tell a story of? The 30-yard pop-up that you hit to third base. Salk, you're already broken. Let me just tell you right now, going, personality. going into today's round, you're broken. I'm not broken. The rest you of are. my game's been good. You want to know why you're I'm broken? Hitting the re- my, my short game was nope. money nope. on Sunday. Nope. I'll tell you why you're broken. If you went and you pulled up to TPC today and you had three golf balls yeah. and that was it. <laughs> You you would go out there. I would and have shoot. to go home after three holes. You'd go out there and shoot eighty five. No, I would but not. Instead, False. you have already. You're in so your mind, you're so full of it. Bought thirty nope. bush light peach whatever and thirty <laughs> pinnacle ones. <laughs> No, I did go out last night. I ran up to putts and I got myself, uh, yeah, two dozen balls just yep. in case just to make sure case, I was prepared right? for for case. today. Right. I also got a massage earlier this week. Just trying to try, thought maybe it was a problem with the turn. Maybe uh-huh. I'm not turning far enough. I just need right. to loosen up that back. And so uh, that seemed like maybe it would help. And then, you know, this is just my luck. And I don't know if this is a real thing or not, but maybe I shouldn't even talk about this. My masseuse, is, who's awesome. I've told you before, Jacqueline's the best. Most competent person I know at any this is not job. not what we said we were going to talk about here. No, we're going to get to that more. We'll it's very to, important. Yeah. The people will survive with a Bucky Brooks sound for five you minutes, know for what Salk, Do you know what Salk's masseuse's nickname is? Beast mode. She's <laughs> When he walks in, she's got to go beast mode. Selfless. She is amazing. Seriously, there is not a more competent person I know at their job on the planet. Okay. She's that good. And she said to you what? She's like, I, was, I had a little low back thing. She's kind of working on it. She comes around. She's like... Noticing a bump here on your back that doesn't feel like muscle. I'm like, okay. She's like, you want to go to the doctor and get that checked out. I'm like, well, this is not relaxing at all. Now I'm worried I have some sort of spinal cancer. So I'm sure it's nothing. I'm going to go to the doctor. I'm going to get it, you know, checked out because that's what you do when you find something on your back. And hopefully, and I'm assuming it's not much of anything. Do you want her number? Whose? Dr. Pimple Popper? <laughs> no, it's not a pimple. No, no, no. No, no, no. no, no. It's not pimples either. Exactly. They're Rock. cysts. They're fatty cysts. Yeah, it's like a whole big thing. I want you on Dr. Pimple Popper. I want you on there, and I want her to look at your back and go, wow. I'm not doing. Pores, I'm not going on Pimple Popper. That's disgusting. It's hard for me to that get into That whole Pimple this. Popper thing is Digging disgusting. Digging through the hedges of the back hair to find it. <laughs> yeah. No. I, so, so, my, so this is a true story. So Jacqueline... Does all of her massage clothes on, which is great, by the way. But I, I think she does that for everybody. Don't most masseuses wear clothes? It's possible she does it. Oh, no, with my clothes on. Oh, her clothes, okay. of course, all are right. on, obviously. <laughs> she says she does that now for everybody, that the type of massage she does works better. Well, part work. of me wonders if it's Part of me wonders if she's like, I'm not going through that. I'm not digging through that hair on his back. I'm not rubbing massage oil on that and I've getting it all over. Arms. Like, that's not disgusting. I'm not doing that. So I don't know what the truth is. Maybe it's real. Maybe oh. she's uh, she's just trying to make me feel better. But right. yeah, you now I got now I got to go to the doctor. We should have started the show with that. That <sighs> may, now I'm feeling good. Yeah, I'm feeling so. A lot great. of people think it might be a lipoma. Yes, it might. It be. is. It's That's what I'm hoping. It's a fatty substance. But you still have she, to go get it checked out in I know, case it's she not. She cuts right? all sorts of them out. That's the most of what she does. I'm Doctor right. Pimple Pop. But if it's not a lipoma, it's like you know a a, a tumor. Right. 
So you got to go get it checked out. Brock, is this a regularly viewed program? No. Brock loves no, that. No, no, you no. do. You <laughs> love to. that pimple popper. Nope, I'd seen enough. Yep. I'd seen what enough. was it that got you to say you'd seen enough? Oh, there's some there's some horrendous stuff on there. That yeah, it even gets to a point nope. for me. I'm like, can't do it. Just can't watch it. Hmm. So yeah. Anyway, anywho, anyway, can you play some Bucky Brooks for crying out loud? I we guess. got five minutes before ranked. I don't even want to. All right, Bucky. <laughs> can we just talk more about my screwed up life? And all the dumb things going on. Here? What are you playing? What kind of ball are you playing today? Uh, Taylor Maids. Okay. Do you have a little line on it for your putter? Do you do that whole deal? I don't do that. Do you? You don't? No, I don't do. You that know? Either. Do you think I should? <laughs> Is putting wise. a problem for you? Not really. Then don't. But I've also been thinking about buying this like four hundred dollar lie lie angle balance putter that looks re- how how serious do you think it is to to use a putter that looks ridiculous? <clears throat> I'm telling you, I this guy I was playing with used this thing a couple weeks ago and I tried it. It was awesome. It worked great. Yeah. It is probably four inches wider than any other putter I've ever seen. It's like the width of an iPad. Looks like a rake. <laughs> and then the, the what's behind it is like essentially a spaceship. Oh, so boy. you've got yeah. to imagine like oh, it's God. it's seven, eight inches wide. The Millennium Falcon. Oh. And then, yes, it's got the Millennium Falcon going on behind oh, it and some oh, other boy. stuff. Yeah. How ridiculous do you, like, is it worth it if the putts go in? Did he look ridiculous? Yes. Okay. Of course. Well, he answered it. He looked completely ridiculous. But when I used it, I made putts. And I was like, man, maybe it's maybe it's, maybe it's it's worth looking ridiculous. All right. I will play you the sound before ranked. Uh, Bucky Brooks is, uh, what, NFL Network, right? He was yep. talking about what the Seahawks are doing in their running back room. Since the loss of, of Marshawn Lynch, right? Marshawn Lynch was a rarity in terms of being a three-down back who was not only physical and and aggressive as a runner, but also was really good. If you go back and look at Russell Wilson's early career, Marshawn Lynch was the ultimate bailout player in terms of catching the ball at the backfield. Well, what you can't get in one Marshawn, you can't get in three different players. And so you get the size and physicality in Zach Charbonnet. You get the juice and explosiveness in Kenneth Walker. I mean, you talked about McIntosh being special out the backfield. You now have given Geno Smith, the ability to continue to allow this team to play smash mouth ball while letting Geno play action, check down screens, swings, utilize the entire field. I like it as I hear that. You know what number is coming into my head? What is it, 13 games? Is that what Ken played last year? He missed some games mm-hmm. of injury. Those three, how many NFL games have they played? As a total? Yes. 13. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that, that, that's the one. I, I get it. I, I love it. I love the projection. It makes a whole lot of sense. And by the way, it wasn't just Marshawn. Go look at Russell's numbers, with and without. With or without you. Without, with or without Chris Carson. Go look at him. Pretty darn telling. Mm-hmm. Right? That was a conversation and why you took Charbonnet in the second round. What The numbers for Gino, with and without. Yeah, it's Ken a Walker position that gets injured, and you can't live without it. Nope. You can get as mad as you want at the resources being spent on a position where you don't really want to spend those resources. Mm-hmm. You can't live without it. Nope. And I and does it make it a little bit easier to stomach when the Seahawks have as much weaponry now as they do on the outside? Does that make it easier for people? I think it makes it harder for some of those in that camp to say, what, what, what are you doing? You've got Jackson right. Smith and Jigba that you just invested in. You've got these three receivers. You're going to be able to get two safety looks. right? You're going to be able to get a sixth, seventh rounder to get you 90% be a facsimile of what he is at 100, mm. and you don't have to spend a second. No, I, I think that that camp would argue actually quite the other way. That is what you have at the receiver position and Geno's contract and the tight end position and all this arsenal. 
that is the time that you pull the trigger and say, spend a little less on a running back. But when it comes to salary cap, guess what they're doing? Spending a little less. Right, they're not back. spending much on those guys, nope. but they still, I mean, with all the needs they have defensively, offensive line, et cetera, mm-hmm. it's still a lot of, of assets that have gone to, to that position. No doubt about it. But, you know, again, if it takes the pressure off the quarterback and, and it's all part of, as we were saying earlier, a, a system that is incredibly quarterback friendly. Yep. Yeah, there's, uh, Man, there's a lot of validity to that. Quite honestly, they really are. I know the offensive and the interior in that offensive line, probably the thinnest uh, as far as the offense goes. But you talk about that weaponry, man, and we've done it this week and we'll continue to do it to lead up to training camp and what, three plus weeks away? There is certainly a lot of depth and firepower yes. on that offense. Some text messages. Matt in Oregon says your masseuse is probably going to go bankrupt with how much massage oil your back hair was soaking up. That's that's not right. How how dare you? Uh, Saul nine oh seven asks: Is Salk's massage lady the same one I take my dog to for grooming? You know. I try to be transparent. I try to like, you know, live my life out loud here. And this is what vulnerable. I get. This is when I'm vulnerable. You guys just take more shots. What is, what is the upside with your so facial hair? You're blaming hair? it all on me. Like I'm the only person. Yeah. What is the upside of your body hair? See, I would the think upside. The upside would not. be. What do you mean nah. upside? I look like a caveman. The upside you would think on paper, right? Warmth? As you just analyze. Would it be you stay warm and cold But I'm weather. not. I'm freezing. And it's freezing in this darn studio. The, you know what? Hit the, the music. The it's time for rain. The ability to grow a great mustache and he won't Ugh, do it. Bro. I can't. I don't grow any hair there. <laughs> Play the music. Got a list? Time to put it in order. Fred Dwarmfor's house. Top five. Top five meals that I have ever had. This is ranked. To be honest, that list was really biased. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen. Every morning at 945 on Brock and Saw. Yeah, top ten list. I'm not buying that. Ranked. It's a pretty bad loss yesterday for the Mariners. And also, Justin was excited about the pretty in pink Barbie house that he saw this online. This so sweet. You can rent a real-life Barbie house in Malibu in July. Tell me you don't think that looks awesome. I mean, being anywhere in Malibu in July sounds awesome, whether it's a pretty Barbie house or not. It's pretty big, Brock. Is it, like, legitimately big? It's not some little house? No, it's an Airbnb special thing for the movie, so you know they made it cool and nice and big. So with that in mind, Brock, pretty ranked. Pretty ranked. Like the pretty awkward. Can we hang out? We can make a mess or just impress. Say yes now, can we? Are they really? Pretty awkward, yeah. I don't think I knew that. Yep. Uh, I'm going to play this briefly, but I would like it noted that I hate this song. I can't stand the Offspring, man. They are the worst band of that era. One of the worst bands I've ever seen live. You could not put it in your ranking. Well, that's not. They're an honorable mention. I I want people to know that I'm not interested. Usually an honorable mention is something good. Hmm. Like this? Because all the pretty girls walk like this. Big TikTok song. Yes. Right. Commercial song. Yeah. And who is it? That's uh, that's Big Boss Vetty. Big Vet. Boss Vet. Big Boss Vet. Sorry. <laughs> Big Boss Vet. It's mostly like put to picture like videos of cats walking and stuff like that. Oh. <laughs> Interesting. Big bulldogs walking around like this. The only reason you use Instagram, right? Pretty much. You hear that song a lot. <laughs> You're a big TikTok. Soldier. Right here Soldier. is my soldier. Pretty boy sweat. Pretty boy sweat. Pretty boy sweat. I'm glad Soldier Boy got that hay in there. <laughs> I know. Just to that. really make us know who it was. Poor guy. One song goes massive, and then he's just like trying to chase it for the rest of his life. It happens. Brock, you want to go old school West Side Story? I sure. feel pretty. 
Oh, so pretty. I feel pretty and witty and gay. And I pity. That's the old school version. Yeah. Wow. 70s, right? What year? That. What movie? What, what, West Side Story? West Side Story. Yeah, what year? Well, I mean. I think that was the one from the 70s. Is it 70s or is I think it even that, earlier that than version that? that I pulled? There's a version. Oh, it's 61. Yeah, that's what I would have said. 60s. Wow. Yeah. Early 60s. Wow. Yeah. I'll get you, my pretty. Oh, and your little dog, too. Stop it. Stop it. Turn it off now. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. You don't it. like stop that, it. huh? Stop it. Stop it. Wow. Evil. You don't like the Wicked Witch of the oh, West. Oh, she was evil and her little things were evil. <laughs> the monkeys, and, you mean? Oh. All of you it. Not watch the All right, let's well, let's do a little palate cleansing, Brock. We've got oh. some uh, we've got some doo wop for you. Pretty, pretty That's Curtis Lee, Pretty Seriously. Little Angel Eyes. The Wicked Witch of the West and her voice <laughs> and those monkeys. Well, stop talking about it. I'm the trying most to move on. Terrifying, terrifying. Okay. Images See, of my I never age. really minded oh. that, and I got scared of everything. You didn't mind that? No, that one didn't bother me. Oh. You know this song? Oh. Stand by me. That's a pretty good song. Little Bitty Pretty One. Really yeah. good one. Yeah. I never I knew like you saying that. That's uh, Thurston Harris, of course. Okay. And then uh, I'm going to throw a little Kurt Vile in there. There were two Kurt Vile options. Could have gone with uh, Walking on a Pretty Days, but this is Pretty Pimpin'. Kurt Vile. You, know you know what rank He's is, awesome, man. has taught me? Really good. He's taught more of many things over the years, yeah. too. But it's taught me how many thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of bands there are. Yeah, no kidding. I didn't know there were that many. Yeah. I mean, music's been around a while. Large. I yeah. know. And they keep growing every year. Uh, you know, bands like Pretty Boy Floyd, Brock, I'm sure you know about them. And then we've got movies and TV shows like Dirty Pretty Things, Pretty Little Maids All in a Row, All the Pretty Horses, Pretty in Pink, very famous movie, uh-huh. Pretty Little Liars, The Summer I Turn Pretty, uh, this from 40-Year-Old Virgin. Do you think I'm pretty? Look at me. Look at me! <laughs> you're pretty! You're pretty! <laughs> One French of the USFL dogs. coaches called yeah. our producer... Dude, you're like the 40-year-old virgin. Wow. And so that's now all he's called. All right, here we go. Top five pretties of pretties ranked. Number five from the album Pretty Hate Machine. Little nine-inch nails. Nine-inch nails. Pretty Hate Machine. Number five. We were looking for pretty. We were looking. I knew you knew that Nine one, Brock. That was the yeah, late 80s, Brock. You're right. That was 89. Yeah. That was like sort of their first big album, right? Yeah. Kind of it's before. Like a terrible lives yeah. on that. Yeah. Uh, number four. When you find that there's no one sleeping gone, pretty Betty was her name. She was loved and we all will miss her. Stone Temple Pilots, one of my favorites. Going to go see them in July. Underrated song. Totally uh, forgotten about that until this Never heard that song from them. I think oh. it's off the Purple album. Mm. It's the one where he's, they're on the rocket. Yeah, it's a good album. And Did it's a good song. Ro- the Rooster? That's no. Allison Chains. Ah, Not that far two. off, though. Almost had it. Almost had it, Brock. Oh, almost had it. <laughs> You're so close. Do you oh, know man. who this is at number three? So this one you know. Sure. Okay, good. A relief. 
can never be entirely sure. Uh, that is uh, number three, pretty ranked Michael Jackson. Not easy to uh, to get one past Michael Jackson, but here you go. Number two. Number two. Pretty good. It's pretty, 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 pretty good. That's Larry David, of course. <laughs> That's not Felix? That was your step today. <laughs> no, that was Larry pretty David. Good. Felix did say that, though. Oh, he's he loved pretty. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty man. good today. <laughs> My stuff is pretty good. <laughs> He did say that a lot. What do you think of your outing? It's pretty good. Pretty good, man. <laughs> uh, there are some other songs that were, uh, you know, honorable mentions and bands. Pretty Girl by Sugar Cult. Yeah, there we go. Missed that one. Sorry. Yeah, uh, let's see. Happy golf today. Pretty good. Pretty Baby from Blondie. Mm-hmm. The band Pretty Ricky did Grind With Me. Pretty Reckless. The Pretty Reckless, yes. Mm-hmm. I thought we already did on mention. Well, I'm just sort of, you know, want to make sure we got that out there. Building up. Number one, though, Brock, I hope you would know both the movie and, of course, the song. You know who that is? Pretty woman. Uh, oh, oh uh, George. Oh, oh, you're almost there. Or, yeah. So close. Or, or, or trying to say George Orwell. Roy Orbison. <laughs> Roy Orbison. Hey! 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 That's pretty good. Roy Orbison. That's pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty. Nine oh seven says, "Pretty sure Morris should pull the plug." This is pretty ridiculous. <laughs> pretty much. All right, time for us to get out of here. Uh, Bump and Stacy will be up next, and uh, and if you see Salk out at the ridge, yeah, say hi. Cheer <laughs> him on in that four hybrid. If you've got a thought on how to fix my driver, let me know. Or if you're Doctor Pimple Popper, you know. ugh. Yeah, it's nasty. Uh, Bob and Stacey up next. Check out we will be back tomorrow morning. Jerry DePoto at 8.30. I hope the, I hope the Mariners we got a, They got a win, right? They when was his right? last DePoto show with a win on a Wednesday? I, I, don't, I can't remember <laughs> such a thing if it ever existed. We'll see you guys tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Until then, the hay is pretty much in the barn. See you, everybody. Guys at the chopper!